And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has incredible podcasts like the MarTech Podcast, hosted by Benjamin Shapiro. Each week, the MarTech Podcast tells stories of world-class marketers who use technology to create lasting success with their business and their careers. If you like any of these topics, you're going to like the MarTech Podcast how science is changing advertising, how to set up a CRM so you actually use it, private equities take on digital transformation, why big social is focused on newsletters. If these are topics that resonate with you, go check out the MarTech podcast wherever you get your podcasts, or you can also go listen at hubspot.com slash podcast network. Today, you're going to hear me on The Smarketing Show, hosted by Rick Lambert. We're going to speak about top three trends that you have to care about for your business in 2021, 2022, maybe 2023 even. So it's video, social selling, and sales enablement. And we're going to speak about why these three things are so important for any entrepreneur, any business owner to really understand, grasp, and to double down on and implement. So this is myself on The Smarketing Show with Rick Lambert. Welcome to This Marketing Show, hosted by award-winning B2B sales performance coach, Rick Lambert, who has been selected by many of the world's most recognized companies to help them market and sell to win. Let's join Rick now. Hello, welcome to This Marketing Show. One of my favorite guests of all time. I got back on, tricked him on. Scott Clary, thanks for joining me today, buddy. You know, your podcast the Success Story podcast was just selected by HubSpot, by the way, one of 10 shows. What a great recognition for the great work you're doing. I told my team this morning, I don't know many people that know as much as you do about sales and marketing. And, uh, you know, we were talking before and I said, Scott, what would be three things that you think any business leader should be thinking about right now moving forward? You said video, social selling and sales enablement. So uh, maybe let's talk about video. Why do you think that's such so important? Why is video important? And first of all, you can't hype me up so much. I think you have to you have to start off the podcast. You have to like, you know, set the expectations that he's not that great. He doesn't know that much because then everything that comes after that's just good. Now I really got to show up. So you're putting the you're putting the pressure on. Right? Um, but uh, OK, listen, we, so we got video as a number one. And why did I think this was the number one thing? Because I think that in a world of email and noise, I think that video cuts through the noise. It humanizes sales again, and it's something that right now not a lot of people are comfortable doing. And I think that that allows it to differentiate yourself as a sales rep. So how do you actually include video 
when you're selling. So the there's a lot of ways you can include video, right? We're we're doing a podcast right now, we're recording this. That's video. There's video on YouTube. There's uh, product demo videos. We're talking about a sales rep using video to record themselves to pitch or to speak to a customer. So in terms of tech, there's various tools that do it. You can do uh, Vidyard or Bonjuro that allow you to record short little videos that you can send to your customers, and they've set it up so that you can build these. Uh, into your sale, into your outbound sales sequences uh, quite easily. So for example, when a new lead comes in, uh, you'll get a notification to record a, an instant video for them if you want a personalized video. Um, and of course, with any sort of outbound campaign, you can do a one to few or, or hyper-personalized so that I'm just sending one video, for example, to Rick, trying to sell Rick, or you can do one to many where I have perhaps a pre-templated video that can go out to as really as many people as I wanted to. So of course, like anything in sales, if you're sending an email that's hyper-personalized, it's always going to be a little bit better. So you want to make sure that your best possible ICPs, customer profiles, personas that really fit, uh, you're probably going to try and personalize, but you can also run a little bit of one to few, uh, one to many, excuse me, so that of course you have some volume and you can scale yourself. So what do you have to put in a video? Um, in my opinion, I think a video should follow a very similar format to a uh, to an email. So the format that I like for emails and Rick actually has a really good example because he was uh, he was actually walking through a, a script for videos as well. So why we started speaking about this. But um, the pieces of the video that I think you should have would be uh, number one, why you? So you're helping the person understand why they're receiving a video from you. So it could be as simple as um, you just submitted a lead on my website and I wanted to reach out to you to speak about whatever you just submitted the lead about, or it could be something more complicated, like referencing um, why other, if you're selling to CMOs, why other CMOs have been trying to solve a problem that you may be trying to solve as well. Um, then I would also say you want to have the why now. So after the why, you the why now. So you want to establish some sort of time frame that they should be making a purchasing decision within, why it's relevant to them now, why you think they could have intent to buy as opposed to something that could be on, you know, the, uh, the budget for the next fiscal year. Why is it relevant now? Of course, to, you know, speed up your sales velocity. And then I always like including a short little anecdote. So 15 seconds that references a similar, a similar situation or case study that you've already, you've already sold to. So another customer you've sold to that you're solving a problem, a big company or a company that's actually in the same category as the company that you're speaking to now. So a short little anecdote that sort of validates that you've already sold this product or the solution or solved the pain point for somebody similar to the person that you're sending the video to. And lastly, a call to action. So what are they going to do? Uh, are they going to, for example, book a call with you? Do you want them to reply to this video, which sometimes with some of these tools allows them to email you directly? Um, you have to have some sort of CTA, whatever that is. So that's, those would be my four main things you should cover in a video, the why you, the why now, a short little anecdote that provides some validation or social proof, and then a call to action. But Rick, you also had a really good, you actually had a very specific thing that you were going to use in a video that I think is relevant for this as well. Well, you know, you know, uh, okay, I, I've watched you many times on video, you're comfortable on video. And I think, you know, we were talking before the recording and you asked who's the audience. And I said, it's pretty much a legacy in many cases, our viewers, which would represent the corporate typical sales force. And I just find that we see so many great sales people, professional business leaders that are afraid to go on video. And, uh, 
you know, I'm doing programs now with corporate sales teams, literally how to shoot a selfie video. And I know these, I just find they don't know what to say. They don't want to get embarrassed. And uh, so what we started to do with company, Scott, is suggest in the onboarding that when you interview somebody, have them submit a video at minimum, never mind interviewing this way, just to see if the person's comfortable because it's mm-hmm. the de facto standard. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's different templates, but uh, so video, you know, last time we talked to, you made a comment that I it still stuck with me. You talked about the celebrity president of a company and how, you know, it's great to have the salespeople or whatever, but how important it is for maybe the business leader to bring some of those elements, you know, the personalization, the human aspect to video. Maybe you could speak a little bit about what, why you think the leader should be out there on video. Sure. Um, and I do believe that, I think to your point, I think everybody should start to feel comfortable on video. That's kind of the reason why, um, that's the reason why we should be encouraging video more for sales reps. Now, I like that where you, if you're going to, you know, bring on a new sales rep, you have to have them submit a video. I think it's important. Um, why the leader? Why should the leader be on video? Because it, if no one else is going to represent your company in that way, at the bare minimum, there has to be a human associated with the company. Um, we are at a point where, again, it comes back to all the noise, all the, all the noise in the world. There's so many companies that are trying to sell us things. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's B2C or D to C or B to B, it's all B to human. It's all business selling to a human. And if no one else is in the company is going to go on video, bare minimum should be the leader because that builds an element of trust. It breaks down those ominous corporate veils that for some reason, people think it's okay to hide behind. You look at business, social media, it's so boring and bland. You look at the way they interact with their customers, like the first human experience that you have with the business shouldn't be when you get on a phone with an SDR or an inside sales rep. I think that by encouraging the leader to put themselves out there, not only does it build trust with the customer because they realize they're talking to a real a human person, um, and it will also, like anything, if you're trying to be a good leader, if you're going to set the example for your sales reps, you got to do it first. You can't ask your sales reps to do things that you're not willing to do yourself. So if you've already bought into the idea, like, yes, if I want to communicate with my customers, I have to have a template that makes my sales reps feel comfortable. The template that I just described that you can just sort of use for your videos. It's really just copying and pasting best practices for email and then putting those into video. But on top of that, if I'm going to encourage the behavior of getting people to jump on video and to send 30 seconds, 30 second videos to clients, or even get my get my employees to want to contribute to a YouTube channel or something like that, which you see, for example, go look at Product Hunt. They have all their employees jumping on and creating videos for their YouTube channel. If if you can get that kind of buy-in to video, you will have employees evangelizing the company, but you'll also have a little army of people out there that are putting a face to the company, putting their face out, and that'll build more trust with your customers. I think it all starts with leadership for sure. It all starts with leadership being comfortable jumping on video and speaking to their customers, putting video on YouTube, sending out 30 second clips to, uh, to the, to, you know, to your actual customers. I think that's where it starts. And then you can start asking and enabling your, your sales team to do it as well, but it starts with you for sure. Yeah, you know, you, you, the face on the business is so relevant. I remember when I was working with uh, Ingram Micro years ago in Toronto, and uh, we had I was supporting or coaching over 300 reps across Canada. I was saying to the leader at the time, I said, why don't we put the picture of the sales rep 
in the email signature. That way the customer's not dealing with this faceless because they never meet an inside salesperson. Yeah. So anyway, fast forward. Uh, anyway, I'm a believer of video as, as you know, and uh, I would just encourage people to give it a try and, um, you know, don't expect your first one to go perfect, but uh, like anything, you know, if you stick with it, you know, great things will come. I'm going to give you sure. one more on that yeah, one yeah. too, just some video. So when I try and get, cause I'm, I, I'm doing this too. I'm trying, I, I send videos through LinkedIn. If I'm trying to sell something, I'm, I'm sending like one to one. Like one yeah, to one. I do one to one. Yeah, I do one to one. You can do it from your phone yeah. or there's a few apps that actually allow you to do it from your desktop, but I can't remember the names of the, those apps just off the top of my head. So I do it from my phone and I'm literally just holding it up, recording it and pressing send. Yeah. Um, I've asked my reps to do that before, obviously pushback. A lot of people are uncomfortable. So I just get them to do it to me until they feel comfortable. Because I know that if they record and send 20 videos to me, it could be the 21st, it could be the 51st, they're eventually going to feel comfortable sending videos. And then they just start doing that to all the actual customers. But it's literally getting over the, 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 your, your own nerves of, of recording a couple sentences and feeling like you're not stumbling over your own tongue. Mm -hmm. And after you do that, honestly, just do like 20 of them and send them mm -hmm. to like your friend or just do them and don't even send them to anybody. But after you do 20 of them, you have this, you know, this little formula, this same formula you're going to use in your email, the why you, why now, a uh, little anecdote and then CDA, CTA call to action. You're, it's going to be like flowing like butter. It's going to be like, you're going to be, it's going to be so easy. But the first time is always tough. The 10th time is a little bit better. The hundredth time, it's like you're a pro. And mm -hmm. again, not a lot of people do it. So the, 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 the bar is very low. It's mm -hmm. really just doing it, sending it, and you're going to get, a, you'll, you'll see a higher response rate. If you were going to send video versus just text an email or, or LinkedIn or whatever, you'll see a higher response rate. So what, what you're talking about right here is I would argue one of the most underutilized, easy, free ways to do, do a one-to-one -one message. And that's the, just record, like you say, yeah. you know, the one thing that uh, I remember a guy came come off a of TV and he told me, Rick, when you're shooting video, you always got to think about the end before you start, because I find a lot of times when we're on video, we end up like a voicemail, right? And uh, yeah, yeah. I look forward to hearing from you soon. So yeah. just think about the ending, you know, maybe something like, and I hope this, you know, message was a value, or I look forward to talking next Wednesday, have a specific, like Scott's saying, call to action at the end. But what about social selling? Like, okay. um, you know, you're obviously, you've seen the evolution of this and surprisingly, some people are still realizing, hey, I actually, this COVID thing, I got to be on social media and get social. Maybe you could speak to what you're seeing in that space and what's working. So social selling uh, includes a few components. So it's, it, it's a high, it's a broad term that encompasses, encompasses like reaching out on LinkedIn, um, building out a profile that positions you as a subject matter expert, even running campaigns on LinkedIn as part of your, you know, your email and your cold calling. Um, so social selling now I think is starting to become the status quo. I know people that even know how to sell with Instagram DMs. They sell on Twitter. Let's not go down that rabbit hole just yet. I just want to bring people up to speed on say using LinkedIn. So social selling, if I'm using, you know, I'm using the, uh, the outbound example, social selling could just be including LinkedIn as part of my outbound sequence. So if I'm doing, you know, the, the numbers are seven to 15 different touch points for an enterprise, uh, for an enterprise uh, sale before you're going to get in, in touch with the decision maker. So I'm splitting up those touch points across email and phone and then LinkedIn. 
That's that's an easy way to think of social selling. Another way to think of social selling, and that just makes that just makes sense because the targeting options are so great on LinkedIn that you can find any job title, role, company size, you know, geographical region in the world, and you can laser target. So it just makes it easier to reach out because you have direct access access to these people. Um, the other way you can social sell is by positioning yourself as a subject matter expert in your industry or your field. And how do you do that? Well, you're creating valuable content. It's answering the questions that your potential buyer or decision maker could be asking. So you're literally posting content and it's not just posting frivolous content. You do that stuff too. It doesn't matter. You post whatever you want. Obviously you don't want to insult anybody, but you can post stuff about your, you know, your family or kids, whatever, but a lot of, and, and a lot of your content, actually the one thing, the one, the one piece of content that I wouldn't advise you to post is selling your services. I would say that you should 90% of your content should be education and maybe like five to 10% should be actually saying, Hey, sign up for a webinar or, Hey, try this product or, you know, sign up here for a demo or reach out to me to do whatever, you know, it is I'm, I'm trying to sell you, trying to, um, to, uh, to get you to do. So most of your content should be teaching and answering questions that your potential buyer could be asking. So you have to know what those questions are. That's fine. But if you've sold even one product to one customer, you're going to have an idea of the questions that are coming up in those calls. Go, you, you have something to say to yeah. that? So, so no, I'm just saying <laughs> what you're saying, okay, if I'm watching right now, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, educational versus promotional. And I do, yeah. you know, when I record a TV program, I, you know, I do, Scott, I probably fast forward through the commercials, right, the pitches. But I don't think people like understanding it and doing it are two different things. If you look at the social streams on so many corporate feeds, like uh, especially SMB, they, you know, they're posting brochures and they're posting like stuff that, yeah. and I'm big on stop the scroll. How do you stop the scroll? Um, so we just went to a company and I said, look at A, to use video, B, to get their faces on uh, social media. And we're big, you know, we're all in on LinkedIn, by the way. And I've heard you mention That's LinkedIn. your thing. You do the, tra- I, I just, I just talk about it on podcasts. You no, actually no. train it for a living. Well, what, what we do is we go to the company, we say to the sales team, this is how basic it is. Everybody come up with two frequently asked questions. And in this case, we had, uh, I think, eight sales reps in this one team. Each person, Zoom call, they were captured. Boom, boom, boom. Everybody answered. We had 16 now little videos, micro videos on questions to your post. And they don't need us necessarily to do that. They could do it themselves and just post that organic content on the company. They get their people tied in because everybody wants to watch when their buddies on a video. Um, it puts a face. Um, but I just think people that are listening right now saying, hey, I heard that before. I would challenge you to look at your social stream and say, okay, how much video, how many faces of your people are in there? Is it educational? Be honest. Or are you pushing your product with deal of the week or the month? Um, because there is an art. Like, you know, social selling, I would argue, is the fine art, okay, of letting someone else get your way. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, anyway, sorry to jump in. I just thought no, I don't know. It's a good point. down. Now, why do why have you mentioned LinkedIn so much? Like I'm all in on LinkedIn, and I think a lot of people go, you know, we should be across platforms and this and that. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like how heavy do I go on LinkedIn versus the others? Well, I think it depends on what you're selling, first of all. So B2B. I think in the B2B, B2B, yeah. yes. I mean yeah. B2B, all your yeah. decision makers are there. Yeah. If you are creating useful content as a business, if like your if your page is creating useful content, they're yeah. gonna find that. I'd also challenge you to, as a leader, as the celebrity CEO, you're posting that stuff, you're building a profile, you're becoming that thought leader, that subject matter expert by posting that same content. And then to keep going, uh, the the companies that I see sell the best 
again, are not just sales reps that I see sell the best, are not just running outbound cadences um, through LinkedIn email and, and calling and including LinkedIn on that. They're also posting the content. So if you want a good example, you look at Gong, uh, gong.io, you look at their LinkedIn, you look at their sales reps, all their profiles are branded. Mm -hmm. They're all posting really helpful content and it's mm -hmm. helpful content. And it doesn't feel like it's mm -hmm. like boilerplate copy. It's actually useful stuff. So it just means they hire really great people who want to build their own personal brand, but they also want to use that to help them hit their sales numbers, hit their meetings booked, hit their revenue targets, whatever it is. So I think that that comes from the CEO or the executive team leading because if I was a sales rep in a company and my own CEO didn't give two, you know, two shits about LinkedIn, but he was saying, or she was saying, Hey, Scott, I want you to keep posting. I'd be like, listen, no, I'm, I, I can't buy into this, but if you see, and this is all, this, this brings it back to activity-based management, right? How do you get somebody to buy into something? Well, you show them how it helps them achieve their goals. Mm -hmm. So if I'm trying to get a sales team to post on LinkedIn, helpful content that I know my potential customer profile is going to find useful, mm -hmm. then I'm showing them how posting that content is going to make it easier to book demos, to close mm -hmm. deals. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you have to, and why LinkedIn? It's because all your decision makers are there. All, if you were selling, if you were, if you were selling t-shirts, I would say go to Etsy or go to Instagram, but this is B2B. This is not D2C or B2, or B2C, right? We're selling B2B. Yep. All your decision makers are there. The targeting's there. The targeting is going to be better than any other social platform, meaning I can drill down into whatever uh, company profile, size, employee headcount, job position, title, role. I can see if they just switched companies, which could be a meaningful event for them to try and sell them a new product or service. I can see the geographical region, like the targeting is there. The people are there. Um, and also on top of that, it's a content deficient platform, meaning I get the most organic reach out of any social, maybe outside of TikTok. Meaning mm -hmm. what does content deficient mean? It means that there are more consumers, content consumers, people reading the content than content creators. That is the opposite of Twitter, Instagram, mm -hmm. Facebook, because on all those platforms, you have more creators than consumers. So you don't get organic reach. So when you post, very few people see it unless you already have an audience. On LinkedIn, you can still post and tap into an audience because there's less people consuming than creating content. So that's why for all those reasons, I think it's a no brainer to spend time on LinkedIn and to include that both on your outbound and just building a profile or a presence. And then also creating more useful content for your actual company page. And, you know, you know, for those again, listening, saying, you know, don't necessarily just watch what Scott's saying, watch what he does. He's very active on LinkedIn, very, very educational polls, engaging. Uh, and I think it shows by, you know, how many followers you have on LinkedIn. Um, what about sales enablement? You know, we talked video, we talked about social selling, you know, with AI and all the automation now happening. You know, I got asked, I was speaking to a college group um, not that long ago. And at the Q&A session at the end, this is the graduating class. One guy raised his hand and he said to me, uh, Rick, do you think salespeople will exist in another three to five years? And I was like, ah, good question. But anyway, let's talk automation, <laughs> not extinction. Yeah, that's fair. I think uh, enablement tools, in my opinion, um, buyers are buyers are getting more complex. Um, they're doing more research. They're doing more research before they actually even engage with a decision maker. So it's making the sales reps job more complicated. So I think that in my mind, what enablement allows a sales rep to do is to focus more on the high value tasks. So the actual live interaction, the Zoom calls or the sitting down for meetings, if 
you know, God forbid that ever happens again, grabbing a coffee with somebody. Um, I think that enablement is just removing the non the non-selling activities. And I think that we've just crept, crept, crept with all the different ways that we record data, um, the ways that we uh, track and the things that we have to research and the, and the amount that we have to research to differentiate ourselves from our competition, all these different things that sales reps are now having to do just removes actual selling time, actual sitting down and talking to somebody time, which I think is why sales reps will never go away because as long as I can sit down and talk to you this way, the way we're doing right now, um, and I can help you see the context that you can't just get through reading information. Mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be what's required and also building trust. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, there has to be a trust component and I can't build trust easily if I've never seen you before or spoken to you live. I think that that's also why it brings us back to video. Why do we use video to to build trust uh, virtually. So what is, what is sales, sales enablement? Sales enablement is um, giving people the tools to allow them to reduce their non-selling activity time. So it could be uh, using a, um, a CRM that uh, allows them to automatically track data. It could be using um, uh, like sales intelligence tools that allows them to better research customers like uh, like an outreach or whatnot. Uh, be, so they don't have to spend time looking all over the internet for information about this potential customer. Um, it could be I'm trying to think what else. Uh, I, it I, could I be, saw a slide the other day, just so you're yeah. thinking there. And uh, it was a picture of Frankenstein and it had all these different sales enablement platforms as different parts of the body. Cause I think sales leaders, business leaders now are having a hard time tethering together. What do I use for the arms? What do I use for the legs? What do I use for? Yeah. I think it's complex, right? There's a lot of great tools, but, but tethering them together still seems to be an opportunity. Uh, at least from what we're well, that's why I also think you need, I think sales ops is an emerging job role that has mm-hmm. to be included. Because I think sales ops is going to tie all these things together until they all play nice with each other. Exactly. Um, I mean, even like a DocuSign, in my opinion, or a DocSend, like DocuSign allows you to expedite contract signing. Like all yeah. of these things, like I don't need a sales rep. I remember when I first started to get a contract signed, I would have to walk over to a fax machine and I would be like waiting in line for a fax machine because there was other sales reps using it. And I'd be faxing or or zero or scanning stuff at to send it over. Like, how and then I'd have to literally receive the signed version and then countersign it with a pen and then yeah. send it back. Like DocuSign, something like that. That can that can save me twenty minutes of dicking around at a yeah. at a copy machine. Yeah. Like yeah. that's something to me that removes friction in the sales process. So anything that removes non-selling time, research. Mm-hmm. Uh, increasing sales velocity, helping the customers close a deal, helping us track activities, helping us even coach and train sales reps. Mm-hmm. Um, like Gong is another one I like because it allows you to listen to calls, but not have to listen to every call. Mm-hmm. So it has an AI component that allows you to uh, measure best practices for calls and it will, it will re- provide you reports so you know where to look as mm-hmm. opposed to you just spending two hours literally listening to recorded calls. You now know which calls to look for and which reps potentially aren't saying the right thing. Or if a rep is speaking too much and you notice a a customer isn't speaking enough, then it'll send you a report or an alert on that. But that will expedite that learning process that you can actually drill down and even coach 
to that specific stress behavior, as opposed to only finding it out two months later, because you finally got a call where that yeah. rep was speaking for 95% of the call. And yeah. you just realized that because you just missed all the yeah. other calls they had because you're just busy because well, you're a human, right? <laughs> So you're, you're minding in my days as a sales manager, you know, you don't travel with this rep for a long time because you figure they're a tenured rep and they know what to say. Yeah. And if you get on the call after four months, you're like, oh my gosh, you've been saying that. No, no, don't say that. Yeah, so I know, yeah. Even on the training side, Scott, we've implemented a new uh, platform where we can video capture a sales rep before they go through our program. And then using AI, we can pick up on key trigger words they're supposed to use. Boom. Then they go through the program. We measure after. So we're even using that now in the preparation, not just the uh, online. But, you know, there's so many tools. And I think it's, 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 there's, there's more and more great ones coming out. Your, your point about sales ops emerging, I, I totally agree. They need someone yeah. to kind of just make sure the engine and the air conditioning and everything's working right. That's um, the biggest thing, I think, because there's so many. Like there's like, there's like a thousand CRMs, let alone. Yeah. You've seen, I'm sure you've seen this chart. There's like, it's like the chart of like the sales, sales tech chart. And there's like a MarTech chart and it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of apps. So it's not, it's just about knowing that this is something that you should dedicate somebody to go figure out. That's really step one. So I got a secret shortcut if anybody wants it. Just follow Scott Clary on LinkedIn. Trust me, I follow the guy. He's got great content. It's totally educational. He's very humble, doesn't promote himself. And that's probably why HubSpot selected him. Um, But hey, Scott, as I wrap up, I just want to say thank you and uh, congrats on what you're doing. Uh, being a front runner, um, I really appreciate the content you post, your time today. So team listeners video okay get on it don't think about it anymore number two social selling you heard it from the master right here okay he's looking at a lot of companies that are doing great things and lastly sales enablement maybe you want to think about how you can frankenstein together something with a sales ops person so scott thanks very much for joining us today buddy really appreciate it and uh, i'm cheering for you all the great things you're doing yeah likewise likewise you keep doing your thing rick we'll do another one in a few months Perfect. Everything will change by then. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Exactly. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of This Marketing Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, share, and subscribe to get the latest B2B insights to help you market and sell to win. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. 
Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the 
best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success that's s-u-c-c-e-s-s to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with belay thank you so much indeed for sponsoring success story for all business leaders out there indeed is a lifesaver see we're always driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work, and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 